0: Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, where we talk season two, episode nine, Croatone, and we discuss demonic germ warfare.
1: What really happened to DJ Tanner's mom? A blood bowl phone. And did you know that grapes can be racist? All right, let's do this. So welcome to this week's episode of Devil Strap Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Diana. And on this week, we're going to discuss season two, episode nine, Croatoan. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> so Diana, what's going
0: on? Uh, I got back from family vacation, which was six full days with my parents and my sister and brother-in-law and my niece uh, driving to the beach. So we spent lovely days on the beach. And then we went to New Orleans for a night and uh, then I came home and then it was 4th of July and uh, now I'm back to work. But the one exciting thing that did happen yesterday, we want to give a shout out to our friend Sarah, who uh, her and her husband, Justin, had uh, their first baby, uh, Julia Parker, yesterday. So congratulations to Justin and Sarah.
1: Congratulations! Way to put your penis in Sarah, Justin.
0: (laughs) High five! That was a good job. Look what you made.
1: (laughs) You made it. You
0: made a thing. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, So yeah. How about you?
1: Oh, you know, just living the dream. Uh, I started watching all seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race because I've never seen it before. Um, So there's been yeah I, I was like ah, i found it it's on uh like paramount plus has it but i have no and so yeah i watched a couple of seasons and now i'm just like ah, i guess i have to watch the rest of them yeah obviously i mean basically the show where people are crafting and putting on makeup so i'm like yeah right. so i want to watch this and like find makeup tricks that i you know <laughs> that i can use
0: sensible i like it I like it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much my exciting life right now. It's like I bench wash a couple of seasons over fall. Um and yeah, and that's about it. Really, there's nothing exciting going on in my life right now. Uh
0: oh, well, while I was in New Orleans, I did go to a haunted place. Oh, that's right. So Diana, did you have a seance? I did not have a seance, but we went to Muriel's in Jackson Square, which was a lovely restaurant, by the way. And uh, the story is that um, the owner of the building, um, hundreds of years ago, 1800s, I believe it was, Don't, don't back check me later anyways apparently he lost the building in a poker game and was so distraught he didn't want to give his building up so he went upstairs and killed himself this is long before it was a restaurant by the way and uh anyway so in the building they always have this one table set for two so they have a table set for the spirit at all times in the downstairs downstairs area and then upstairs they have a seance room and so this it's this a fucking badass like parlor with like everything's like red and pink fabric and dark and moody. And then they have the seance room, which has a leopard print sofa in it for the record, and a really cheesy little like lit-up crystal ball, but it's a really well decorated, really cool room that is their seance room.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of very jealous of that decorating. We did, I found out today that Jennifer Coolidge has this house in New Orleans that is often haunted. There was a really good uh article that she did with I don't know is Vanny's there or what, what one some, or some magazine my of sent me today. And yeah, it sounds like the most amazing house and she hangs out in, it in a leopard captain. And you know, there's other oh, ghosties that live there and I want to go hang out at Jim Coolidge's house, New Orleans. That's my new goal. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you got a little taste of New Orleans and the one night is definitely
0: a network time to spend there no and, I, and i'm lucky that i've been there you know a few times before not a, not a ton but a few so i kind of knew my way around um another place that i would swear is haunted but i don't have evidence but you never know we got to go to preservation hall which is an amazing music it's haunted place. yeah
1: everything in New Orleans is haunted like, so, well,
0: like, it must be haunted i mean let's yeah preservation hall
1: haunted i'm like yeah. check
0: check sure. <laughs> but yeah so we got to go there and and you know it's just, it's just if you're a music lover or history lover at all it's a it's a just a fucking rad place to be um so that was a nice way to round out some some really cultural cool funky stuff to round out a week of laying on the beach doing a lot of nothing
1: okay sometimes doing a lot of nothing is really you know what's going to get you going so sometimes you need it sometimes you need and it. also and also awesome. it's like it's new orleans in june or july but, whatever fucking month it is july. and i'm like one day is probably
0: enough so humid and it was a holiday friday for a holiday weekend it was so crowded Ugh. yeah but yeah you know Ugh. it was fine Anyhow. it was still right. fun to see and just experience for the night and uh yeah so now i'm drinking a glass of uh of Gattavecci red wine which is one of my favorite italian red wines how about you tonight i am
1: drinking a Chateau de That's what I'm saying this is named. De Fille. That's how the French call it, but it's a Bordeaux. <laughs> am <laughs> trying not to spit my
0: red wine all over my microphone. <laughs> 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 Your French accent got me. <laughs> I mean,
1: clearly that's how the French pronounce that, I'm sure. Duh.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how they say it. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah
1: so yeah i opened this bottle yesterday and then i was like trying to drink it and then i just couldn't so yeah oh. yeah and so i think we're ready to get going on this episode because it was a good one and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about uh sorry i'm also taking a picture of the cat who is doing amazingly cute things before like she does uh so this week's episode season two episode nine this first aired december 7th 2006 and that was right before the winter break. So when we get to the end, we're going to talk about why that's fucked.
0: Uh, it is. Mm-hmm.
1: And this is directed by Robert Singer, so we get that. And then it was written by John Chabon. So we got, you know, two people who are very well-versed in this. They're starting to bring some things together. We're seeing that going. So we're going to start off this episode where there's, a, at least this time, they made it very obvious this was not real. They right. didn't do the "I'm gonna fake you, fake you out" and like this is our opening. And they're like, "Okay, I guess we've done that gag like nine thousand times, right? So we're just gonna make it really obvious, but also very disturbing."
0: Yes, it was a very disturbing opening scene. But I'm watching. I'm like, "This is very dreamlike, or like one of Sam's visions." Like that's that's automatically so. You see, uh, it opens with Dean with a gun in a hallway. It looks like some kind of like a, uh, some kind of a medical building is what your guess is. And he walks in and he checks the magazine and he like wraps it against the gun, which I'm like, or against the door. And I'm like, what are you doing? Okay, anyways. But you're not like in the sand, shaking like a round (laughs) loose dude. Um, And then, but that was my, sorry, critique in the middle of their their, their (laughs) gun knowledge. But yeah, so he, he, Uh, puts the magazine in the pistol walks in, opens the door and he's pointing a gun at this guy who's like crying and saying it's not in me and asking this doctor to help say it's not in him and people are like we're all gonna die and dean's just standing there pointing this gun at this guy this young man and uh you see like this really like they did a really nice effect of like the glimmer of light on the side of his pistol which is very beautifully engraved for the record and then dean pulls the trigger And then we cut to Sam on the floor of a hotel. And obviously it was his dream or vision. And Dean walks in uh, with a six pack of beer and eating beef jerky. Yeah.
1: So the six pack of beer, but Dean walks in. Did you notice what it said?
0: I was trying to read it. I missed it.
1: Uh, So it said, Ark Lair Tejas, A-R-K-L-A-I-R. Tejas, like Texas with a J, the original spelling.
0: And it had, it was a dark
1: ale and it had the Texans logo on it, like the football team Texans logo on it, but probably a little off so they wouldn't get sued. But I couldn't find a beer that was called that. And granted, this is 2006, so it could have been someplace that went out of business. Failed, failed brewery. Like, and I tried looking for Arcware to see if that was the brand, or if Tejas was the brand. There is a distillery down in Corpus, I think, that's named Tejas.
0: Didn't they have a Tejas beer in another episode too? And we were trying to figure it out. I swear they did. Maybe. Like at some diner with the stupid cook with like clock on the wall. I think there was a, or with the bass on the wall. I think they had a Tejas beer again.
1: I don't know. Maybe, yeah. So either this is something that they just decided to run with for the se- for the cu- first couple of seasons, or what. Yeah. But, uh, but I was just like, Texas beer, you don't exist. And I was like, oh, dark ale, that sounds gross. But <laughs> I do like a I like a dark beer. But when you put the word ale after it, then I'm like, oh, this is probably gonna be like rogues or something disgusting that probably comes in like one bottle and is like 25 proof and it tastes like cough syrup. But Anyways, okay, so we're back. I drink, you know. I drink
0: I drink garbage beer, so you can't you can't ask my opinion about that. <laughs> you do drink garbage
1: beer. Uh so uh anyways, they uh we figure out yeah,
0: it's a vision and he's got some turkey. So yeah, so they the see we cut to them driving um and they're going to uh uh River Grove, Oregon. And um Which definitely exists, by the way. Yeah, I didn't think it would, but you know, and then, uh, and Sam's trying to explain the vision, and then Dean just keeps being like, it gets very defensive, which is kind of an odd reaction to the vision, but you know, and Dean's just insisting he must have had a good reason if he was going to plug someone, his words, and that, um, and and that just like, you know, well, you know, wouldn't have been an innocent person because I wish wouldn't, you know, that's not what it is. We kill bad guys and that's it kind of attitude. And as they're pulling into town, there's also, yeah. But Sam's face is not a great scene. Dean's like,
1: I wouldn't do this. And Sam is just like, yeah, you would.
0: Maybe would, would, yeah. And there's some fucking god-awful like stock jazz playing when they go into town in this scene. And I swear that's all it is. It's some like generic stock jazz music because it was nothing I could locate. Or it
1: crazy. was probably something that didn't have rights on it and they
0: could just they exactly it. i was just like oh i'm not even i'm like i don't even want to go on the rabbit hole to see if i could figure out what this is it was just bad so there you go and so there's a guy outside uh a bald african-american gentleman cleaning his rifle sitting outside of this building and they're Thank like, you hey. Yeah, why not? Meh. And uh, they like, hey, we're U.S. Marshals because that's going to be their cover this time. And they say their names are <laughs> uh, Billy Gibbons and Frank Beard, which is a good ZZ Top reference. There you go.
1: Yeah, so maybe they were like, "Well, we can't play ZZ Top
0: here. We can't afford it. So we'll, uh, we'll just have
1: to be that name." Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. And then, um, so they basically tell this guy that they're looking for this young man and kind of describe him with like a scar on his head and all that. And uh Dean like busts, and they're like, Don't worry, he's not in trouble because they can tell this guy knows who the cat, kid is they're looking for. And say kid, he is an adult, but like a young adult. And um, but then Dean recognizes a tattoo in the guy's forearm's forearm, so calls him Sarge or and you know, Master, that, Sergeant, Master Sergeant Master And so throughout the episode, they call him Sarge. Um, and uh yeah. So finally they figure out the, the kid they're looking for, his name is Dwayne Tanner. And so they're going to go look for Dwayne Tanner. On their way back to their car, they see a Croatoan carved into a light post. And then uh, Sam realizes that Dean has not a lot of education in like actual like history and social studies because all he's referencing is schoolhouse rock hey, that
1: is a valid way to get your education like you I, know i learned a lot of things in schoolhouse rocks i, I learned I, I that did. i learned the bills just sit on capitol hill um what else did i learn from schoolhouse i'm um, hated that's how i learned
0: that, one, that was rocks. the biggest one that most people remember and i definitely played it when i used to teach uh, at the college I played that video every semester I hope you
1: I hope
0: Probably.
1: you need the proper copyright for that nope. um, maybe, maybe it was a that college was... class I don't have to yeah. do that right use, fair is. is yeah it's for education mm-hmm. um anyway yeah. so
0: um... It's, on, it's on YouTube who cares anyways um yeah so um anyway so at this point Sam is basically filling in Dean on the background of Roanoke um which uh Roanoke was First settlement in the United States, and everybody disappeared from it. And all it was left was the word Crotoan carved in a tree. Short story, right? That's a quick way to sum it up. Sure.
1: Uh so uh they decide like the kind of gives them that lesson, and then they're like, Hey, we should probably go get help. This this is really weird. And then they're like, let's go call like Bobby, let's go call Ellen. And they're like, Oh shit, Damn. All phones are out.
0: All the phones are out, including the payphone. And then they're, look, but they've, they've decided that whenever Sam, well, Dean has pointed out that whenever Sam has one of these visions, it's always tied to the yellow eyed demon or we oh, like call eyes. It yellow eyes. <laughs> so anyway, so they're like, well, fuck, they can't call for help. They're going to have to figure something else out. So they just go out, go for it themselves and go try to find Dwayne Tanner. Um, and Dwayne's brother um, answers the door, Jake. Uh, who is played by Nolan Funk, who is also seen on Glee and Mrs. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. There you go. Oh, I wonder who he was in
1: Marvelous Mrs.
0: Maisel. I forgot. Um, was it a
1: big character or a big character?
0: A uh, small character. Okay. A couple, a couple yeah. episodes, though. But um, but yeah. And so there's a real awkward, and then dad comes up to the door. And there's a very awkward exchange about like where his sons and mom are, and they're like, so the brother's like, okay, we're going to go. And they pretend to leave. Uh, and of course they go like stalk around the house like they do which oh, like is- you said stalk
1: my note says scuttle and they scuttled like... across because they're like they're huh, bending no. down they're like D-d-d-d-d-ô. you yeah. can't see us in the window and they're like, scuttling like little crabs and across the room. <and> <perde sound> we're gonna go to the back and we're gonna see you, and then they're gonna be like oh shit, like, what shit.
0: We <laughs> mom mom's tied up in the kitchen and dad's carrying a giant knife and brother's being weird as fuck and so yeah,
1: yeah. and yeah we're going to get some unsanitary bloodletting. This is just like, this is so gross. Like there's just pathogens being thrown everywhere. They're like, I'm going to use this knife, which I clearly haven't sterilized. I'm going to cut you. and I'm going to smack you with some blood. Uh, You're getting an infection of some kind. We just know, like, we don't know what infection you're getting, but you're going to get one. Like something's going to happen to you now.
0: Yeah. So of course they bust in because duh, they're not gonna sit there like in the window and just watch this shit go down. And dad lunges at them with the knife. So he gets shot a lot. Um, A lot. (laughs) Repeatedly. And then the son- By Dean, by the way. So
1: Dean's the one who shoots the dad a lot. Yes, yes.
0: Yes. And then the son, Jake jumps out of a window and Sam's like, like, pointing his gun at him, but Sam lets him get away as he runs into the woods
1: my theory is that Sam was like, "I'm gonna take my shot," and then I'm like, "Oh shit, I don't know how to shoot a gun. Like, I always miss. So maybe this time I'll just save my bullets," and then like, "Oh, he just runs away." That's my theory. Well, he
0: shot. He shot the. He shot the zombie chick real good.
1: Yeah, Before you he... don't know. But I mean, we all have our good days and our bad yeah. days. But you know, we all know Sam can't shoot for shit. <laughs> uh, so they're gonna take Wifey to the clinic.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they drive her to the clinic, and there is a. Um, uh, the nurse Pamela, who by the way is also a writer on Letterkenny, uh, in real life. Ooh. <laughs> so, so, and we got another pitter-patter, uh, pitter patter. Pitter patter, blood spatter. Yes. Yeah. Sonia Bennett um, is that is the actress there, and then um, so we've got uh, Doctor L- Doctor Lee is going to take a look at Mrs Tanner. Um, <laughs> mrs tanner plays uh mrs I, tanner i feel like you're talking about full house like the
1: like the more you say
0: mrs tanner is played by uh chilton crane though who was in final destination 2 so her characters used to fucked up deaths and um uh, and she was also in once upon a time and apparently she plays another character in supernatural later in the series too B-T-3.
1: she is one of those many <laughs> like oh i've nice, seen you before
0: yeah so, um, so she's gonna get seen by the doctor and then Dean just like, <laughs> Dean's out by the car still and out, unloads Mr. Tanner's body out of the trunk and throws it on his shoulders and carries it into this clinic as well. And uh, has to explain that to um, the, the doctor that he's carrying Mr. Tanner's dead body.
1: But- I'm a Marshall, uh, it's fine. Nothing to be concerned here.
0: No, no. Okay,
1: at least I put him in a blanket, isn't that nice of me?
0: Yeah.
1: And. And DJ's mom, Mrs. Tanner, because now they have a child named DJ, <laughs> and she's just not there. So, Mrs. Tanner also, she's like, I don't know what happened, but they have a the devil in them. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, oh, oh, shit. Well, that's probably, that's probably not good.
0: Yeah. Um, and the doctor's not very be- much like kind of disbelieving about the whole thing, which I don't blame her. I mean, you're a doctor and you don't live in this world and you're not watching the show like we are. We're like, of course it's a fucking demon. This shit's fucked. Whereas this doctor's like, yeah, that's not how science works. <laughs> <laughs> this is not well, this, but.
1: but also i'm like bloodborne pathogen like this is as a doctor plague goat. yeah like we're as someone who you know, we are coming out of plagues so i'm like yeah that's how things spread yeah. uh so uh basically dean starts accusing sam like they're gonna go have a talk and dean just like rails on sam the, like for not shooting the kid and calls him yeah. a bleeding heart and i'm like well maybe you just don't want to shoot a teenager like i know like he was you know, trying to blood fuck his mom, but you know uh, and, and- that. that's
0: <laughs> gross, it's very upsetting terminology, Liz. Yeah. The whole thing is upsetting. Sorry, blood he was blood fucking her. It's what he was doing. Um
1: uh, mm-hmm. was <laughs> so like, no, stop. And I'm like, that's <laughs> my word. <laughs> uh, so this is not the last time you're here with blood fucking. Sorry guys, that's gonna come forever. Uh so but it's also like i mean yeah i mean dean like he's so angry. he's really
0: hard on him he's very angry with sam because i think he feels that they could have just that would have ended this whole thing but they don't really know what's going on yes so they don't know that it would have ended shit dean i think is just concerned dean is just kind of like not in a in a figurative way in addition to a literal way he's going guns blazing and sam's <laughs> like really like wants to go in like thoughtful and And Sam is having, obviously, as we've discussed a little bit before in this episode, really highlights having more of an ethical dilemma with ensuring that if they are killing something, that it is evil and not that they are killing innocents um, just in the path to kill evil.
1: But Dean seemed to have gotten on board with that and now I feel like he's reversing I was like are we doing this again like we just went through this you can't just shoot everything and now all of a sudden Dean's like I'm gonna shoot everything and I'm just and I'm gonna be very mean when I do it like it's very scary like it's like it's a very little unhinged. aggressive yeah
0: yeah no I agree I agree and so the doctor um the doctor tells about he want that they want to call the sheriff but all the phones are down so dean's gonna go get help in the next town while Sam sam stays behind and defends the clinic from whatever they need to defend it from so uh dean's driving and he comes upon uh, this i have not seen a probe in a long time this, is that this fucking what that probe. was <laughs> yeah uh and uh and the car has like gunshots in the windshield there's blood fucking everywhere including in like the baby seat which is sad and yeah. then um and he's looking like looking over there's no bodies um and there's just a knife on the ground so um we cut back to the clinic well,
1: so you saw that knife was that the same knife that jake had So i was trying to figure out if that because it know, looks similar I but
0: that, i yeah i couldn't tell because i thought that dad had the knife and that they got rid of that but i don't know
1: Oh, okay. I was just wondering because it was like, is this tie-in or is this like, I thought maybe they were trying to tie-in. But anyway, so we're going to flashback now. right, Dr.
0: Lee. Yeah, and um, this is where the doctor is studying the blood of uh, Mr. Tanner and is saying that there's like some kind of like the residue of a virus, but also it looks kind of like a sulfur residue in the blood, which now, of course, you know, Sam's got alarm bells going. Well, this is obviously tied to a demon then.
1: I'm like, what fucking microscope work did you do at med school, bitch, like that you can figure out sulfur in blood. Like, I don't think that was any class you took. Like, I'm pretty sure there was no like pathogen class you took where you were studying. Like, and I know you're in a small town and there's not like a lab nearby and you're just right. the lab. I guess, yeah, but I'm like, so you're an expert in like fucking examining blood types and right. you because, know and when like, the sulfur
0: like, compound is gonna- Right, and then like, oh, that's the, Yeah, we just so we totally looked at this sample in my, like my, you know, blood pathogens class. We had blood with sulfur. It's just a normal thing. It's just a thing we looked at, right? I can
1: tell like, this is what sulfur looks like when it's in blood. No. I mean you should be been like it's kind of yellow and it smells like eggs then I would believe her but right. you know just like oh look there's this like a yellow there's like a yellow ring around the collar around like the cell yeah. it's just like clearly that sulfur there's little devil horns that like poke out of it
0: <laughs> you see a little pitchfork stick out
1: <laughs> it has little tail little hooves oh man that's the cutest little blood blood thing ever oh oh, a little demon blood all
0: right so so dean's driving we come back to dean dean driving and there's like i wrote three cars and hillbillies led by jake blocking the road
1: see and i wrote that it was the bundy militia because they're in oregon and so i'm just like oh yeah this is totally the right wing people right wing bundy's Bundy's militia hey hey
0: Hey, you know when i say he's running for office i think goody yay okay so
1: we've got diana's hillbilly is my like my pro right wing
0: people the alt-right what militia that, do? that doesn't have anything to do with this they're they're just people like they're, they're, org- the people, hold on, they're locking down a town i don't think the right wingers would do that i'm just saying
1: well, they want to shoot everybody. So, I mean, I think they're right. Yeah. I mean, like, if Oof. you thought the Bundy militia didn't want to shoot a bunch of people, you should probably go back and reread that story.
0: Uh, so, I think they just <laughs> wanted their <laughs> land, man. They just wanted their <laughs> land. And, no, so, and these guys just want their apocalypse. So, it's cool. Right. So these guys are, this, the, the road's blocked and Dean's like, son of a bitch, you know, like he's thinking, he's like, well, shit, this is not going to go well. And some dude like pops up at his window and is like, oh, the road's closed due to a quarantine Wait. called by the sheriff. And this guy's just like a doofus, by the way,
1: like a he very is, doofus man.
0: character. Like, what the fuck, is, where did this oh, I- guy come from?
1: okay if you've never been outside of port i, I think you've been to portland
0: right but yeah i've never been to okay
1: yeah i was gonna say like outside of portland like Oregon is full of a bunch of fucking redneck hillbillies like yes, they're, they're yeah they they look like that doofus
0: oh i'm sure yeah it's supposed to be a very lovely state for the record i just it's beautiful uh, a- i just and don't t- care about craft beer or hippies. son
1: <laughs> but you know what is there is Tillamook, so you can go and they have like all the fresh cheese curds you can eat and they have all the fresh ice cream and it is a really good thing. Like yes, I, I highly I like recommend cheese. going to the Tillamook factory thing, whatever it is, because yeah, you get fresh cheese curds and it's delicious. Uh,
0: I like that. I support cheese and ice cream. So, yep. um, yeah. So anyways, Dean Dean's refusing to get out of the car for this guy. So Dean slams in reverse and uh, is dragging this guy on the side of his car. And they start shooting at baby.
1: Yeah, we don't see any bullet holes in her though.
0: So I'm surprised it was a lot of shooting at the side of a car, which is a pretty broad like area to hit. So kind of surprising. <laughs> but
1: anyway. yeah, she's, she's got a lot of space. Yeah. You know, but and and Doofus is like hanging on as he's driving away.
0: <laughs> So we cut back to the clinic, and um, the doctor is talking about how this could be some kind of a disease, so she wants a blood sample from Mrs. Tanner, and as she's, like, trying to talk Mrs. Tanner into getting this blood sample, uh, Mrs. Tanner snaps and starts attacking the doctor and Sam, and so he knocks her out with an oxygen tank. He
1: <laughs> yeah, was there. I mean, at least he didn't shoot her. Oh, you know. yeah.
0: So... Um, While Dean's trying to drive back to the clinic, um, Sarge, good old Sarge from earlier in the episode, steps out in the middle of the street with the rifle that he had been cleaning in the the middle, or in his doorstep earlier. And they were kind of like this really awkward standoff, both trying to be like, are you one of them? Are you one of them? Kind of a thing. And they finally um, get- Well,
1: I love like during the standoff, they're like, are you you what? No, I'm not. Like, Well, you could be lying. Of course, it's exactly what somebody who is with us would say. I'm like, I'm not
0: one of them. Of course, I'm not one of them. (laughs) Yeah, so they finally get like, kind of like a, a, a like a truce Yeah, truce. Yeah, truce. We're ish. just gonna but drive. They're gonna, they're gonna drive with guns pointed at each other. That's gonna be very awkward. It's hilarious, um, and uh, yeah. So,
1: and we, we we find out that also during that that Mr. Rogers tried to attack Mark with the hatchet. His neighbor.
0: His, his neighbor, neighbor. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers <laughs> attacked him with a hatchet, and they had to put him down.
1: Yeah, so we've got Full House, and we've got Mr. Rogers. Like, a, this is a great town to visit. <laughs>
0: right. So, yeah. And so now the nurse, uh, Pam, is trying to leave the clinic. She's freaking out because um, it's she needs to go see her boyfriend or some shit. Sam explains that it's safer to stay, which actually is good timing, because right then Dean and Sarge arrive, and um, so Sam and Dean decide they need to go have a fucking talk because, like, well, hey, you can't get out of town. What's going on? And, and Sam needs to share the info that the doctor found, which that it could be a virus, and so they were. There's a reference to demonic germ warfare, which I found not (laughs) hilarious but hilarious. And that is uh, hilarious. It's red blood to blood, right? So, and then, uh, and then that's when Sam also shares that Dad had a theory. John had a theory about um, Roanoke, and that uh, Croton was actually a demon's name, uh, and was a demon of like pestilence and and uh, disease. So
1: pestilence i love some pestilence and so it's like a demon of plague and pestilence uh so uh, we're about to go into lore here but first off i just want to say if that's some fucking bullshit and also like we you've already talked about davis we talked about david like in season one because we talked about it on the on this podcast we've talked about davis uh rush chef is very like somebody went through a very esoteric like book of demon names and pulled this shit out from somewhere like i had to like go through like 17 references to get back to it but that there's yeah there's no actual history of demonic warfare sorry i wish there was but you know what there is a lot of history on that's roanoke
0: roanoke is that always this time for lore
1: it's time for lore uh so the last colony roanoke and damn it why does everything have to be awful and racist uh so which i guess i should have known anything that was like researching into colonization of america's so was probably going to end up having some things but where it came out i was not I was not prepared for but it makes a lot of sense um And just so everybody knows, like yesterday, I'm like, oh, Diana, like Laura's going to be short because I have an area I was going to focus on and like anything else in my life. Then I went down rabbit holes Mm -hmm. and I went down so many. And obviously there are a lot of rabbit holes that are attached to this because it's something that people have been talking about and researching forever. Uh, It comes in and out of history. as like something that Americans get really interested in. Uh, So Diana gave a pretty succinct version of what happened on Roanoke earlier. Very
0: brief, I know.
1: There are some additional details. Uh, Sorry guys, we gotta go a little bit of history here to understand like where things came from and how this makes sense. Uh, So really, before Roanoke happened, Uh, You have to remember, so England was trying to colonize America and also wanted to get stuff, right? That was pretty much colonization usually comes down to we want to take things or we want to move here so we can take more things. so uh, England's quest to colonize America began when Sir Walter Riley, basically he's in his first expedition in 1584. So he goes back to England, like with this, oh, we found this place. This is great. Uh, we also have two natives with us who can talk to this. And that those were Manteo and Monchese. Their names are going to come up in a little bit. Uh, so that, that in 1584, he goes back to England with them. And then they're like, cool, there's stuff there. Let's go back. So in 1585, the next year, Another expedition, which was more military, uh, set off with 600 men, Um, so, and they also were bringing Manteo and Wanchese back, Uh, so I'm saying his name terribly, I'm sorry, sorry, Uh, Don't don't haunt me, but whatever. Uh, so they set off with like 600 people, but only about 200 people arrived on Roanoke. Uh, and they arrived on Roanoke in five ships. The other ones either died or decided that instead of colonizing, I'd rather be a pirate. Uh, so they're just like, I'm going to go steal shit. And I'm like, I don't blame you. Like that, that sounds like fun. But unfortunately like all the tragedies that were going on, one of the things that happened was the ship with the extra food wrecked. So Remember, this is pre this is pre-colonist, right? These are just military people that are coming there to explore and to make forts. Uh, so, really, like they get back, they get there, and so they think during this time there was like salvage efforts. And this officer named Butler uh, was was on the island on Roanoke and killed 20 members of an Indian nation that were a Native American nation. Sorry, that came from an old book. Um, who lived 60 miles inland who were enemies of the people in Cape Hatteras. At this point, one of the Native Americans they brought back with them dis- distanced themselves in the English. And he's like, hey, like, I don't, y'all, y'all just killed a bunch of people. Cool. I'm going to peace out and go back to where I want to go.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so on July 11th, uh, Four vessels with 50 men, and they brought Monteo, who has not abandoned them yet. They go further inland and they visit a, a, a first nation called the secaton people. S E C O T A N, Secotan? Sekitan? I do so when they got to this place they're like oh my god this silver chalice is missing and they're like I think these people in this village took it so they go back there and they couldn't find it so they burned the village down and this oh. village belonged to a chief named Wingina um, and I think his name is probably Wingina, but I'm just going to call him Wingina, not to be disrespectful just because it's funny um, so the native people basically are like we're, gonna fl- we're running away from all these crazy fucking English people and their tendency to burn kill things with fire and and so basically, they ruined all their fields when they left. So the Native Americans could harvest any of their fields. So remember, this is 1585, right? So now we've ruined like a bunch of food for the natives. Later in July, the soldiers like, hey, can we stay over the winter on Roanoke? And they're like, well, I guess you can, but you can't ask us for any food or help. Like you guys just keep fucking up our food. We're not going to help you. You can stay here though. So the fifth, so basically this expedition had depleted all the native supplies and the village they burned down just didn't help. Uh, So the men built a fort. And honestly in my notes, I said the men built a fork. And I was really wish that was true. But so the men built a fort and most of them went back to England. They left 107 men and their commander, Ralph Lane, with no supplies and no food, and no promise to the and a promise that they're not gonna ask for any help. And then in February in the next year, an epidemic comes through and just kills out a bunch of Native people. And then in the spring, the, the soldiers are like, I'm going to go look for some gold. And so they go to a local village, they kidnap a child, and then they're like, well, if you're not going to help us, we're just going to kill you. So this is setting up some really bad political relations between the Natives and the people from England who are coming over. At this time, Sir Francis Drake was privateering in the Caribbean and he was visiting, quote unquote visiting several places. Uh, So he attacked and destroyed the Spanish stronghold of St. Augustine, which I didn't know he did that. So he basically like wrecked part of Florida. Right. And then he's like, I'm going to stop at Roanoke on my way back. And he's like, there's a hurricane that's there because there's a lot of hurricanes involved in the story. So some of his men mutinied because they're like, ah, this is crazy. We want to go back to England. And so Jake was like, OK, I guess we can go back. Uh, but we'll leave some of the smaller boats. And like, but you know what? Like, all of us should go back. So basically on June 19th, they basically destroyed this area. Yeah. Um, they had left the natives with disease, war, fear famine um and they took manateo back with them again so maintaino was like oh, i'm going back to england i don't know why like they must have been giving him some good shit i don't know why this guy keeps going back and forth with them yeah. but they brought another native with them and his name was tau 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 i toye t-o-w-a-i-e toye 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 i don't know probably wasn't his name they probably just made that up anyhow and it doesn't matter all right so, but just after like Drake's men like takes everybody who was left on Roanoke with him and goes back to England, there was another supply ship that was coming and they showed up and they're like, uh, where is everybody? Where is everybody? And they're like, well, I guess like we should stay, but both of us maybe should leave. So they left 15 men there to hold the fort, hold the fort dance. I don't know if that's the first time this phrase came out, but, uh, these men became known as the Grenville 15. So, um, no one ever heard of them again. So really those are the first like lost colonists, but they were really colonists. I guess you are lost pirates, lost
0: whatever, um, mm-hmm. uh, lost supplied, lost delivery men, lost delivery men. I was still waiting on my Uber eats,
1: man. Where mm-hmm. are you at? Uh, so back at this time, so now we're in the 1587 and John White becomes appointed the governor of the city of Raleigh, Raleigh. And so he's like, oh, hey, we're going to, we're going to go to Virginia. We're going to bring some settlers with us. If you come with us, we'll give you 500 acres of land. I remember at this time in England, the only way you could get land was through inheritance. Yep. So if you weren't the son of somebody and not you have a daughter <laughs> if you weren't the son of somebody right. who had land you were gonna have shit so they're like oh yeah this this sounds good yeah but we'll yeah. go there the, you you told me this is like this place is really nice right it's full of like trees and shit sounds really yeah. pretty that's
0: gorgeous <laughs> Yeah, let's go be- beachfront you know
1: yeah yeah, uh, yeah they want to go to a beach like they're like yeah there's gonna be some tiki drinks it's gonna be good like we're gonna have the best time so on april 26 1587 the colonists depart for roanoke they arrived three months later in j- july 27th and they first first arrived on Hatteras island aka croatoan oh. um and they left Manateo, Manteo there and they're like, hey, what about like those those 15 guys that were that were left here? Like we we don't know what happened to them. And they are like, well, you know the village that you guys burned down? Well, they found those guys and they came back and they killed. So they killed a couple of them and the rest apparently fled back to England. But you know, they probably fled back in a small boat
0: and you know. Probably didn't make it. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long no, boat no, ride. Very long yeah, boat ride.
1: No one knows no one knows what happened to them. So um so now like they're okay we're gonna go forth and we're gonna colonize so they're leaving croatoan and but they are actually trying to go to chesapeake bay they weren't trying to go to roanoke so they were trying to go north and they're like oh we're gonna stop at roanoke on the way and they're like maybe to see the fort they're just like i don't know why but they're like we're gonna stop here um and they're like oh this is all abandoned like so the fort was still there there just wasn't anybody in it um so right after they land, like probably like a week fucking later, one of the colonists, George Howe, was crabbing and he was killed by some of Wingina's men. They're like, oh, so sorry, I can't stop saying Wingina, that's how it's spelled. Uh so the next day, uh 20 20- for,
0: for the record in my head, I was like, what about, he was crabbing. So he's bitching about something. And I'm like, yes, oh no, he, he was he was actually he, like fishing for crabs. He
1: actually trying to get crabs yeah okay the, the one of the first of the which first is people. also
0: funny in its own way, yeah, it's there we own go. way. sorry i'm like you're uh, trying to
1: get crabs and when china attacks you you know like that, that, that's what happens that's how you get crabs is from when china oh, uh,
0: uh, attacks
1: when yeah. china attacks uh so 24 of the colonists including john white basically go to a village of Holy shit, this is the longest village name. Das Monica, well, I don't know. They, they go to Wingina's village. Um, basically across to them. They're like, we're gonna seek revenge. And they're like, we're gonna raid. And they actually unfortunately killed one of the the natives that were friendly to him, not Wingina's yeah. men. So they're just like, you're brown. Yeah. And then, oops, wait, you were you were nice to us. Oh,
0: fuck. You you're a friend. You're a friend.
1: Okay, so that was August 8th. So 10 days later, Virginia Dare, the daughter of Eleanor Dare, whose father was John White, became the first English por- person to be born on the land that would one day become the US. It's gonna become very important for later. So guys, remember Virginia Dare. All right. So uh The colonists are like, okay, we need to go to Chesapeake Bay because that's where food is going. And, you know, the supply ships should be going there. And one of the the ship's captains is like, no. So there's this guy named Simon Fernandez. I do not know why I could not just say Fernandez, but all right. So Simon Fernandez, who was this Portuguese sailor, there's a bunch of controversy that goes back and forth that, you know, he was like a really good friend of Sir Walter Riley's, but there's a bunch of things that are like, He was trying to sabotage the whole mission, like doing this for Spain and other things. I think a lot of that's political bullshit. Um, But this, in the theory though, like he was like, no, I can't take you to Chesapeake. I'm going back to England. I can't take any of you with me though. Uh, I can take one person with me. And they're like, well, I guess John White can go back. And they're like, he's the governor. And John White's like, no, I should stay with you. And they're like, no, you should be the one that goes. Like, So he gets back on the ship. And Fernandez puts him on the slowest boat, which arrived weeks after the fleet got there. And didn't arrive in England, but they took him to Ireland. So he goes to Ireland. Uh, In March, Queen Elizabeth did approve Raleigh's request to send another ship to Roanoke. Ironically, the only ship they could find was a pirate ship named the Hopewell. And that was leaving for the Caribbean under the guidance of a notorious pilot. And eventually, the Lord Mayor of London, John Watts. So... The pirates agreed to love John White. You can come. You can only bring one chest, and we got to go privateer first. So we have to go steal some shit, and then we'll, we'll take you up there. So Finally, on August 17th, they get to the Outer Banks. It's very rough seas. They decide to try to go to Roanoke Island. Uh, Two boats, small boats leave the ship. The first one was going to look for water. That boat came back. The second boat just waited too long. The seas were were really bad. And uh, the boat was swamped. And out of the 15 men in that boat, only four survived. Uh, So the next, they they wait a day, probably smart. And so they're like, all right, let's go to the fort so they go to the fort where the village and the village was removed so unlike the first time they got to the island and the fort was abandoned and this time like it's just disassembled so somebody took down the fort and moved it on one tree uh white found the letters crow C R O carved and further on on the right to the entrance of the fort there was a word croatoan carved so crow and croatoan are the two things so you'll see kind of both in what pictures so White was like, well, I guess i like the call. You know, before he left, he had told the colonists, Hey, if you're going to leave, carve a location where you're going so I can find it. He also said they were discussing moving 50, 50 miles into the main. But he never told anybody and the colonists never told anybody where that location was. So 50 miles into the main, that's a phrase that kind of goes back and forth on what it really meant. Uh, the most agreed upon understanding of it is meant you're going 50 miles into the mainland, right? White also had made a pact with them that if they were distressed or in danger when they left, they were going to carve a cross for me. I like the cross for me. <laughs> F-O-R-M-E-E, but it's not cross for me. And um, so they said it looks like a Maltese cross. And that was if they were like in trouble, they're supposed to put that above the word and there was no cross found. So like, well, mm-hmm. they just left, they weren't in distress because if they were in distress, this would have been there. Right. Uh, so, but by this time like because it's North Carolina and the weather started fucking with them again. Um, and so they're like, well, we can go in and looking, but I'm afraid our anchors and stuff they're not going to hold and three, three or four of their anchors have broken like overnight, nearly wrecking the ships on the on the shore so there the men were just like we're not going back like we gotta go we're, we're leaving we're, we're, we're peace now um so white was like well hey guys like you know what we can do like you're pirates you like money let's go to the west indies so we can go to the west indies uh so it's caribbean and go there and we can like go steal shit and then we can go back in a couple of months, and we can go find them. And they're like, "Well, yeah, we're pirates. We, I'm sorry, privateers. <laughs> we like the sound of that. Well, let's do that." But then there was a hurricane that was like, "Nope," and just blew the boat right across England. So It's like no matter where you try and go, I'm like, no, nope, you're not going down nope. there. You just you're just going home. Uh, so basically, that's the last time John White ever comes back. like a few years later, he wrote a letter, and he was like documenting what he said. And he's like, "This committing the relief." of my discomfortable company the planters in virginia to the merciful help of the almighty who i most humbly besieged to help and comfort them according to his most holy will and their good desire it's basically i'm not going back it's up to God what happens to them, right? Yeah. So by 1603, like eight attempts were made to quote, to go back and find them. However, most people think really they were just going back to get shit. Cause like the, you know, around that air, they were making sassafras and like there were sweet grass and other things they were trading with. So they really think people are like, we're going to go look for, for these people that really just want to go here and get some shit. And I'm going to go back to the West Indies and sell it or go to England and sell it. Yeah. So no one was like, People were looking, but kind of in that way, like, yeah, I'm going to go look for your lost dog, you know, but I'm doing that from my house, looking at front door on Facebook, you know, like that's, that's how, Mm -hmm. you know, what what the fuck happened to these people, right? This is the main, the main mystery that has been going on forever. And there's a bunch of theories. Um, Obviously one, they were murdered because, you know, they had really pissed off a bunch of people over there. So that was one. One was that they were absor- absor- absorbed into the local native populations or captured as slaves, either for them or for somebody else like Spain going through there and is like, oh look, we found some people, they can come work for us. Um, one theory is they were the victims of cannibals or either they were the victims of cannibals or they became cannibals because they got really hungry and had to eat each other. Um, one theory is they could have encountered a new world disease that they couldn't fight. Um, or that the croatoans thought they were witches um, and so they executed them, or that another witch like got to them. So there was a witch in North Carolina who ate them. That's one of my favorite. Um, another of my favorite is zombies. So according and this kind of ties into this episode. <laughs> according to this one the settlers were infected with a zombie virus that gave them an insatiable hunger for human flesh and so the remains would have been long gone before white got there because when they were found in graves or, or skeletons they were just gone so zombies zombies is a really good theory um or the other two main ones were they moved about 50 miles inland so that's becomes you moving to the main right and there is uh, has been archaeological research into an area called site x which coincides with some things they found in different maps and other stuff but it's kind of boring then you know people go there they've dug up they've seen some shit at site x the other theory is that they went to Croatoa, which is also called Site Y. So did they just go to Croatia, aka Hatteras Island, which is the modern Hatteras? So there is the founder of Croatoan Archaeological Society is Scott Dawson. And you if you're reading into this, if you're watching anything on the history channel or a travel channel or anyone, fucking Scott Dawson is there. Um so I'm actually kind of annoyed with it. I'm just like, I just got tired of seeing him. Um, so scott Mm -hmm. delson basically forms a croatone archaeological society and they spend a lot of time on hatteras working with archaeological groups from england because of american people are investigating this i don't know so they dig up a bunch of stuff and they're like oh yeah we found all these things they found like a rapier and then also like a signet ring like this is proof it's proof they settled here i'm like well no, it's yeah, proof that people traded with some white people that, yeah. you know, like, there really is, it's not, there's no definitive proof. Um, one of his theories though was that, you know, the that they basically became mixed race, um, and that the, the natives who were settled on Krohatoa, um, their features became progressively lighter and many of them had gray eyes, um, basically through intermarriage and assimilation, uh, yeah. There was a surveyor named John Lawson who worked in Hatteras on Hatteras and up and down North Carolina in the late 1600s and early 1700s. And he said that, you know, he saw light-skinned, light-haired, gray-eyed people who claimed to descend from white people. And this was about five generations after uh, the disappearance. Uh, there's also the oral history of the natives in this area that did include stories of Raleigh's ship and also a ghost ship that appears there looking for the colonists other than there's a ghost ship that just like sails up and down there they're looking for them which i really want to go see that um he also told them like oh yeah these natives are wearing english dress he gave me they gave us chickens those aren't native to america where the fuck did they get chickens from um and then he also had a native guy named eno will and he was like oh yeah like talking books and speaking papers and like some of our ancestors were white so uh that was one of the main series but also tiana have you heard of the dare stones
0: no <laughs> okay
1: So in 1937, there's a man, he said his name was Lewis Hammond. And he was like, I was just up on the Chowin River, which is about four miles outside of Edenton, North Carolina, which oddly enough is eight miles from what is now Site X, right? He was like, I watched this in the river and there's words on it. It was a pretty big stone. It was like 21 pounds. It was like a foot long and a little less than a foot wide. So this gets taken to Emory University in Atlanta. So he goes to Atlanta with the stone that he found in North Carolina. Hmm. So he takes Hmm. it there and eventually gets everybody excited. Uh, They decipher it. And on one side of the stone, they are the words and, and i and i dare who was uh eleanor's husband and Dare and virginia so virginia Dare, the, the child yep when hints unto heaven 1591 any englishman shoe jump whatever uh, on the other side of it, it was basically a note that said soon after you go for england we came here we have had only a misery war two years about half dead before two years more from sickness being four and twenty "'Savages arrived with a message for, for us from a ship. "'A short time later, they were afraid of revenge "'and all ran away. "'We believe it was not your ship. "'Soon afterwards, the savages claimed "'that the spirits were angry. "'Suddenly they murdered all but seven. "'My child Virginia and Nies were slain with much misery. "'We buried all near four miles east of this river, "'Chowan, upon a small hill.' all their names are written on a rock put this there also if the savages show this unto you and lead you to us i have promised them that you give them many presents ewd which is eleanor's initial so eleanor white deer uh so a couple of things to note when this stone gets taken to emory there is another version of lost colony fever so everyone's kind of obsessed with this at this time right. yeah uh this is right after uh, World War One. The Depression is just ending. Roosevelt has commissioned a commemorative stamp for Virginia Dare's 350th birthday. He even went to a performance at the Lost Colony on Roanoke on that day, which still exists, by the way. If you go to Roanoke, you can see this his, this play that's been playing there for you know, I think like, like hundred years now. Uh, so but the emory professors are like looking at this and like all the historians are like this is awesome but the university are like i don't know like let's 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 find Can about this dude this? Yeah. so they hired pinkertons i love a pinkerton story um so the pinkertons couldn't find this guy so the one who like left i guess he would given the stone and he left and they couldn't find him hmm. uh So, but one of the history professors there, Dr. Haywood Jefferson Pierce Jr., his father was a president of Brunel College and they purchased the stone and they moved it there. And so they wound up paying, like they ended up paying like $1,000 for it. Uh, So they're like, oh, because it said like, there's something that's the obvious dead colonists, they're on another rock. We'll pay $1,000 for anyone who can find the second stone. So oddly enough- a bunch yeah. of these stones start start showing up. They ended up finding like they ended up having like 47 different stones that <laughs> come up with like messages and they're all like different things. What?
0: Uh, no, people aren't skeezy.
1: Yeah, no, they're they're totally legit. It's not like these poor people there. It's like, you I mean I get this car some shit and the stone and this guy's gonna pay me. Like right. they were literally just like paying out this money, like right and left to everybody who gives us stones. Uh so the stones are still at for now and but oddly like the original one they can never actually like prove whether or not it was real or not like and they've done like a ton of tests on it like you know like oh we have modern science now modern science can figure this out and everyone's like nah, can't figure it out like it could be real it could be fake nobody can prove prove or disprove it one of my favorite stories about this though is that university has a ghost her name is agnes She's got some really fun stories about her, uh, but one of the historians at Brunel were like, oh no, she didn't show up until The Rocks got here, which I think is really funny. But then I know, Diana, you're also talking like, Liz, what about the racism? You, you said there's going to be racism. And I was like, I can't, I can't, you know, I have to tell you that.
0: Uh, so, well, I mean, I felt like that we we covered that a little bit with the um, oh no, you're, gets- you're brown. You're brown. I killed you because you happen to be brown. Like I thought. That oh no.
1: Oh no. We're getting to white supremacy shit. We're getting like way behind. It. It's like oh shit. Okay. So there's a quote from Brett Lane, who is a member of the First Colony Foundation board, and he said, "The Roanoke voyages have nothing to do with Virginia Dare and the poor lost white people, the lost cause of the 16th century, and all that Southern Gothic shit. The real story is geopolitics, colonization." the advancement of science and the development of investment. So I want to talk a little bit about Virginia Dare, because this was the the rabbit hole that I went down that I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is good. All right. So pretty much Virginia Dare became and still is like a mascot for Anglo-Saxon dominance. So basically, it's a story of like she was this precious white girl and she was surrounded by all these dark savages and they tortured her. And it really kind of like the idea of her had kind of faded into the background until the 1830s, when uh, there was a poem that was written out about her called The White Doe. And in that poem, an evil shaman turns her into a deer she is killed by the wicked native one chasey remember one of the original natives yeah and she dies in the arms of a noble brave at a sacred spring and her corpse dries up and produces scupper grapes which gets turned into juice so we have this whole like christ figure thing you know she dies she comes back she yeah. makes water into wine uh so, ironically enough, there also was a Virginia Dare wine that started to be produced right about this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1835, mm-hmm. a winery opened on Roanoke um, that produced a wide range of wines, including Virginia Dare, made from the scuppernong grapes that grew wild among the south. The wines were sweet and had an oddly pungent aroma that nobody wanted to drink, but they were desperate because they didn't have a lot of things. And they had a pretty pretty girl in the picture and they became really popular until Prohibition. And that brand actually was sold several times. Uh, It was eventually abandoned in 2011 until Francis Ford Coppola brought it up. And he began telling Virginia's story of the four wines that he released in 2014, including the White Doe, Manteo, two arrowheads and the lost colony and each of them had a colonial era story behind it Um, and then eventually Coppola was like oh these wines are actually made in Geyserville, not off of this shitty shitty ass wines, but he renamed the place Virginia Dare Winery and there's like no connective tissue to North Carolina, Virginia or the yeah um, but so, in addition to the wine, there was also a Virginia Dare tobacco, which basically featured a blonde with her titties hanging out next to a lake surrounded by swans. So, like, you can get Virginia Dare wine, you can get Virginia Dare tobacco. All um, my favorite things. Yeah, you know, I do listen to wine and tobacco, but then, the, and, but basically, like up until this point, it's about to get real bad, but. Like I said, there's this idea of this poor girl who was, you know, killed by savages, you know, she was yeah. the first first American first American, right? Yeah. Uh, so after World War One, amongst the push for women's suffrage, there is a broadside that based on a newspaper article type thing of like like their broadsides are more like just kind of like sheets that you printed out or you wrote out and you hand it around to like but basically pamphlet i guess the pamphlet's probably the, the easy word for it mm-hmm. uh so the title of this word your country's danger from feminism women's suffrage and socialism we plead in the name of virginia dare that north carolina remain white yeah yeah um ironically the women to get you we got the right to vote Uh, um but to the day that passed, yeah suffrage the that date that it passed august 18th 1920 is virginia dare's birthday so that did happen Um, so also at this point though you could buy like uh there's like i said things are just running wild you can get virginia dare dresses which was quick to chin uh china whatever so basically it was a silk dress with a scarf collar and rows of like buttons so if you see like the 1920s pictures the women's have kind of like that boat the boat neck yeah and then have the buttons on the side that was a virginia dare dress and became very popular um but then you know this you would wish, like, this would kind of, like, it was like, oh, that's 1920s. Like, that, that, that probably ended. Uh, but no. Uh, the alt-right piece of trash Pete Brimelow has a website named VDare, which uses a white doe as its logo and urges tight restrictions on immigration from non-Euro- non-European countries. So really right supremacist bullshit. So somehow this is still happening today. Like, her name is still being attacked to this
0: it's just insane so weird people that are is. weird man people, people are, crazy. are weird
1: and what they what they latch onto is it but yes.
0: i right. mean i'm like and like, and i won't lie like part of me is like she had fucking like she'd been you know dead for hundreds of years and people are making fucking wine tobacco clothes off of this shit i'm like fuck yeah capitalism but not but save the hold the racism please <laughs> hold that part Let's yeah can we you. have
1: like can we can we get the wine
0: without the racism that's I mean, what i would really like. I, would like no, my... I would say it was sweet it's probably terrible actually
1: i don't want that wine i really don't want to drink that wine it sounds, sounds fucking awful it sounds like really disgusting well one of the other things to that the, the skappen greeks they actually have like a white skin and a white inside so they're like yeah you
0: know yeah,
1: so uh anyways, Weird. yeah, they're they're
0: racist grapes. So we're just Weird. not gonna drink this we're just
1: not gonna drink those grapes. Racist grapes. <laughs> That's right. You didn't know it was a thing, but now we know they're racist grapes. Uh so I'm gonna end this on some non-white supremacist things just because I couldn't go out in that. Thank you. There there are lots of other fun legends that came out of this. So one of my favorites, uh, I told Diana earlier that Edgar Allan Poe was gonna come up tonight. Um uh, so when he died in 1849, after he disappeared on a trip to Virginia from Pennsylvania, he basically turns up unconscious and babbling in a gutter in Baltimore. Yeah, to Baltimore. Uh, and there is like a legend. You know, I'm just kidding. There is a legend that I've i probably woken up babbling and incoherent in a gutter in Baltimore a bunch <laughs> of twice, But um, so, but allegedly on Poe's deathbed, he whispered the word "crowdoin." Uh, mm. The infamous stagecoach, uh, infamous, there's a stagecoach robber named Black Bart. Um, So he supposedly etched the word in the wall of his prison cell right before his release in 1888, and he was never seen again. Uh, There's a horror author, uh, Ambrose Bierce. He vanished while in Mexico in 1913, and the bed he last slept in allegedly had carved into the bedpost. It word also appears in the last page of the logbook of the ghost ship Carol A. Deering in 1921, which ran aground without its crew in Cape Hatteras. So that's there. That's creepy. That's creepy. And uh, there's also a legend that Amelia Earhart reportedly scribbled the word in her journal right before she disappeared. So, yeah. And if, yeah. So, and then, of course, you know, beyond like Virginia Dare becoming a part of white supremacist culture, we still have other things to go through. There is a, There was a thrash metal band. Of course I found a thrash, I found a metal band. Oh, There's a thrash metal band named Carwatollin from Virginia. They were acting and. together. Go ahead. Go, go oh, ahead. we'll get to that so they were active 2009 to 2017 and they're actually a pretty good band I actually kind of like some of their stuff there was a metalcore band named zao and they released a song named croatoan that came out in 2021 i listened to it i have no idea what they're saying maybe there's a secret in there about what happened to it
0: is it, is it I- cookie monster voice it's Cookie Monster, but lots of it. So They could have been like. Cookie Monster. Yeah, they could have told it's no cookie, it's right me. Yeah, they're like, we love Crohn. We
1: love Crohn. We got to go tell it. We get there. Like, maybe the whole story is in there. I don't know. According to their band, they were based off of its origin or that clear definition. The word and tell embodies an unsettling feeling of helplessness i mean this song is a vehicle for that feeling and relates it back to disassociation and being lost in strange dimensions and dreams because you're metal and that's okay. what you what think yeah yeah the weed <laughs> we're the mathier slash flash metal band and pretty fast you can't yeah. do that a lot, of,
0: a lot of those guys are a lot of weed it seems like though
1: no no uh so Croatoan uh they are smoking sort of the thrash metal man if you look at I think it, it was them not Zal. so Croatoan on the album of one of their covers this is like a it's a skeleton that kind of looks like crucified uh crucified uh crucified skeleton but in the middle of it it's a fucking pot leaf <laughs> yeah. so yeah smoking a lot of weed but I think Diana wanted to bring up the, so the other way that Croatoan has come through. So
0: apparently there's also a rapper who calls himself Croatoan. And so Liz shared the video with me today and it's pretty effing amazing. He's on a, not the newest Corvette and this video is only a couple of years old and uh, has a a, a phenomenal <laughs> song on youtube you can find his rap name is crow he he
1: he has many songs on youtube actually they haven't gotten a lot of views there is one of the ones that got the most views was from this guy he's like the history according to mr betts and he record like he made a song about Roanoke to the tune of let it go from frozen it's actually really good. I'll that's post amazing. a link to that one. Yeah, it is just like his voice is fucking incredible, and I guess that's why he probably like he had like you know seven hundred thousand views. The rapper Crow and towen had like seven hundred. So yeah. if you, you go to like I'm sure they had, they went up by two today. So he's probably
0: like oh we're getting views we're getting yeah, likes we're getting we're getting we're getting we're going viral man we got two more views smash that like button <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so- subscribe all that. Like I said, uh, it, Laura was not short, but
1: there is so much, yeah. and there's I, I don't know when we finally publish all this shit. I've got other stuff that I left out because I was like, I can't. This is too long. Uh, I can't.
0: Uh, there's
1: there's so much on this, and it really, I mean, it's I mean it's a really it's a mystery, right? And everyone loves a mystery. Yeah. It's a mystery
0: that's tied into a lot of shit. Um, and science has tried to address it in what they in ways <laughs> they can, and they haven't been able to, and that just keeps people's. Interest peaked. That's just all there is to it, you know. Because we assume now that as as technology has advanced and as our society's advanced and all these kind of things, we're like, oh ha ha ha, that wasn't fucking magic clouds. That's a fucking rainstorm, you dumbass. You know what I mean? Like we've figured shit out. And then when there's stuff that hasn't they're they're
1: not magic clouds?
0: Well, I mean, they might be, you never know. I'm just but you know what I mean. Like we've we've like, we're like, oh, you know, there's scientific answers for a lot of things, but when there's still things that are inexplicable. That, that kind of tugs at us still. Well,
1: and even one of the things I read, which is about-
0: why we watch this fucking show.
1: It's why I watch the show, but also just like there is, is a treasure hunter obsession. Right. Oh. And one of the books I read, you know, it's just like, I just went into this cause I just wanted to do like a quick story about this thing. And then the next thing you know, he's like in the archives of England, like, like actually making like huge discoveries and right. people want to, they want to make the discovery. They want to be the one who finds that smoking gun. This is, yeah. this is what happened. And it's one of those things that we will probably never really know. Yeah. Like, there's just not going to be an answer. I and mean, there's a lot of things, too, that I've always wondered, because like if they had died on Roanoke, there would have been like if or they've been massacred, you would think there would have been like bodies like no one's going to cart off you know, 200 people or 170, right. whatever it was. No one's going to cart off that many skeletons
0: like those uh, skeletons would be there somewhere or some evidence of them somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. Unfortunately, though, I think on Roanoke and also on on Cape Hatteras, there was just also a lot of development and really bad things like I read one story there's like oh yeah like we were just. On, on Hatteras or like they're just clearing things to development and like the construction people, it's like oh we found bones and we don't want to say anything because it's going to stop our it's going to stop what we're doing so they're like yeah we just bundled up the bones and put them in a trash bag and we them reburied them somewhere else (laughs) so and there is (laughs) and there was also a lot of bad science you have a lot of bad archaeologists and like things that were just done wrong so it's quite possible that the answer was there at some point and somebody just done fucked it up and bulldozed all that shit threw it in the ocean uh there's all sorts of things like oh like the site's actually in the water so there's people who are doing archaeological surveys in the water people really do just become obsessed with this like scott yeah. dawson scott dawson you're obsessed lay off man I Nobody mean, likes like sue you talk a lot hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm creating i'm creating nurse nemesis right now fuck
0: you scott is, that, is that your goal okay come
1: at me come at me's awesome like yeah <laughs> anyways um. all right, so that was Krotoa. but it could have been zombies could have, zo-
0: could have been zombies.
1: That's why you couldn't find them because they ate all the bones. Like they were, they were super. Like they like ground chomp- that bones down. Chompies, like, chomp oh, up.
0: Chompy, chompy zombies.
1: Chompy oh. zombies. But I guess, like, what happened to zombies? Maybe they went into the ocean to try and get to the next island, and then they just drowned because zombies. Or they, or swim. they made
0: it there and they kept walking, and was just a legend we haven't put together yet.
1: Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <you> <laughs> became, they became West Virginia. <laughs>
0: oh man oh. enemies right left to that yeah yeah alright so oh, yeah. we're gonna go back so like we're at so they're at point- the clinic and Sarge wants to kill Mrs. Tanner because she's obviously got the virus thing whatever it is and that he's afraid she's just gonna get stronger the longer they wait and so the She's trying to convince Sarge that she's not infected, but he's like pointing his gun at her and she's pulling at his heartstrings and bawling and saying, no, I don't have it. They attacked me, which is a lie. And, oh, you know, you've known me my whole life, blah, 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 blah. And says that th- the other people are infected, not her, which is like, oof, it's a good lie. And uh, Dean a- uh, uh, Dean asks Sam if he's sure that she's infected and that she like, really did this and uh sam kind of like a yeah but like kind of a subtle yeah and so we see um dean pull the trigger
1: dean executes the shit out of her and it's very uncomfortable i am so uncomfortable with this like it just she was not
0: exhibiting signs like other them earlier when she did attack i mean she did oh yeah,
1: earlier she did but at this point i'm like you just straight up so, murdered her
0: like but but here's the thing. Here, Here's my thing. I'm not defending because it was really dark and it was very fucked up and I was very uncomfortable. I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I was, but so I'm, I don't want to go down a tangent too far. I promise I won't. But I've recently read this book series called uh, uh the series is called Peeps. It's Scott Westerfield. If you're into your YA fucking like dystopian fiction. There you go. But the concept in um, Peeps is actually short for parasite positive. And so this whole book, like they're really big on parasites, which is fucking freaky, by the way, too. So there's actually a lot of like, here's a, whole chapter is a paragraph is a whole study on an actual type of parasite that you might have. And then it goes back into the story, but big summary is that vampirism exists, but vampirism is a parasite, but the parasite makes you do things to help you spread the parasite. Like, lie, like behave a certain way, like spread it. Like they were all compelled to like bleed on each other in this, sh- in this, like, so whatever this virus was doing, it was propagating its own existence. So it was almost more like a parasite than a virus. And that's what I had to say about that. Anyway. And so the you said parasite would also it. make you lie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm, was laughing, I would, I'm just laughing because you're like it. he would spread it. <laughs> so he right, spread it spread it spread it real good but they <laughs> uh but so the concept would be that instead uh to the virus instead of being a virus it was actually a parasite in this case which would be like a demonic parasite and its whole intent was to re to keep to continue itself right so it would be trying to spread itself In that regard. So that would (laughs) I said it again, I know. But so that would it would compel you to do things to save yourself because you are its host. Anyways, that's my whole thing. That's where I was Well, I mean,
1: technically, you know, I mean, viruses are parasites. I mean, they are, they're organisms, you know, and and they're
0: parasites. So it's trying to self preserve, preserve it's saying, Hey, well, I can't, want them to kill me because I can't keep spreading if I get killed. My goal is to replicate. And so, yeah.
1: And I agree. Like, no, I was like, I was saying she wasn't infected. I just say it was really, it was disturbing. It was a brutal, it was a brutal murder. Like it was not killing. It was a fucking murder. And like you could
0: have just like shut the door I don't know I, I've got very, I've got mixed feelings about that part but at the same time yeah it was very uncomfortable and I didn't like it and Sarge was like crying and it was weird so anyway so we cut to nighttime and they're like looking at the blinds there's like three people like standing on the corner watching the clinic um and Sam's like inspecting the knife that Dean had found earlier uh and and they're just going through baby baby's contents are laid out <laughs> within the clinic at this point um, so but they agree that they need to get out of there. Uh and uh Sarge points out that there's a lot of good folks, a lot of folks outside are good with rifles. So they'll basically decide they're gonna need explosives. So Sam's gonna make medical bombs. I mean, like you do. I mean, he, he
1: yeah, he's like, I I have shit in here. I read Andrews, the Anarchist cookbook. I know how to
0: make this. I can make some shit blow up, yeah. So they're working at that, and then you hear someone bang at the door and it is Dwayne. The guy they've been looking for this whole fucking time is there. He came to them. And I would like to point out this time that he is played out by um, Diego Klattenhoff, who is Shane Omen in Mean Girls. Oh, so he is, he's banging Regina. He cheats. He is the one that Regina George cheats on Aaron Samuels with, and they were hooking up in the projection room above the auditorium just saying apparently he was also on like homeland is other shit too but this is the most important role he ever had i
1: heard that regina george was hooking up with him
0: <laughs> see see and then he becomes the spring king spring fling king anyways that's dwayne that mean is girl history <laughs> and there you go uh dwayne dwayne is played by the guy who played shade omen the most important role of his life um anyways so <laughs> doctor's gonna check him out but, and he's talking about how he's seeing people getting dragged and being cut. And of course he's got like a cut on his leg. He wants to know where his folks are. And everybody's like, oh, pause. You're fucking bleeding, dude. Fuck this shit. And they're like, well, the virus takes like three hours to incubate. So we need to just tie him up and wait it out. And so Sarge ties him up and Sam pulls you aside. He's like, yeah, this is the fucking dude you shot in my vision. This is how it's going to go down. And Dean's like, nope, nope, nope. We're we're not gonna wait. No, I'm, we're we're gonna go I mean, I am gonna go ahead and kill this motherfucker because I'm sure he's infected with this shit. So I'm gonna lock Sam up. This is real fucking dark. And we're like, where the fuck is Dean's head right now? This is not good. And it's very uncomfortable to watch Dean go down this path. So Dwayne's, be- we get the scene basically what it was. Well, we basically get Sam's vision from the intro of the episode where Dwayne's begging, saying, "Please don't fucking kill me, I don't have it." Blah 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 blah. I didn't spread them. It's not
1: in me. I didn't spread them.
0: Didn't spread them. I didn't spread them. Um, and then uh, Dean's pointing the gun at him, like it's about to go down, and he- but he hesitates. Whew. It was all intense. And then we cut back to um, the, the- Winchester brothers making. Medical bombs, so uh, uh, I, I
1: was calling it a Molotov assembly line. Like it was right, it was very
0: like very. It was like- it was a Molotov assembly line for sure. yeah Yeah, and the doctor comes in. and It's like, well, it's been four hours, and Dwayne doesn't have any sign of being infected, so we think he's good and clean. And um, Sam wants to know why Dean hesitated. Dean won't really answer. He's kind of like playing it off, and then so. Um, Sam goes to get more supplies to make more Molotov cocktails and Pam locks Sam in a room with him and is trying to like half ass come on to him but really she's attacking him and then she tackles him and cuts him and rubs her blood on the cut
1: yeah so they become blood brothers at least like at least she used a scalpel so i think at least that was sanitary like at least it was was
0: like in her fucking pocket i don't think it was that sanitary
1: i mean it it came out of the sand it was it's more sanitary than a fucking hunting knife like Uh, so
0: fair, fair yeah so they um everybody busts in the room and dean and sarge shoot at pam and then there's a big debate about if they should kill Sam or not since he's probably infected and so this causes like one of those whole like ethical dilemmas it's kind of like it's kind of like zombie dilemma like if if you get bit do you want to just get shot or do you want to wait it out and see if it actually if you actually turn one of those things but um, they go back and forth the um, basically Dean says everyone else needs to escape and he's going to stay behind with Sam and that's just all there is to it And also gave him the keys of baby. He was was done. He was saying, he was saying farewell. I'm going to die here with my brother. Take my car, which is pretty heavy.
1: It's heavy, man. Like, take the explosives is one thing but take baby I like, you gotta find your own ride uh here's some explosives like you're good right. to go like there's plenty of abandoned cars out there just go yeah. find one I'm sure the doctor has a car yeah. I'm sure the nurse had a car right. Dwayne got
0: there somehow yeah. like- and then and Sarge can't live that far this town's really fucking small he probably had a car somewhere which is weird though because I guess he chased down Dean but whatever yeah, so Sam's like, well, and then Sam's like, "Why aren't you going?" wants him to go, and also it's at, at one point in here is when uh, Dean confesses to the doctor that they aren't really Marshals, and she just says "Oh" and walks off. <laughs> it's really fucking weird to me. I'm like, okay, I mean, nothing to do about it, but it's just kind of funny. She's like, "We aren't Marshals." Oh, Marshalls. oh. <laughs> all right then. Yeah. Moving on. Um, so um, while. Sam and Dean are having their brother and brother alone moment now that everybody else is supposedly gone They're Sam basically says, look, let, leave me here. Let me shoot myself. Like, you don't have to kill me. Just let me fucking do it. I don't understand. And Dean goes actually down a really dark uh, path explaining about how he doesn't want to keep going. And that's why he wants to stay with his brother. He's tired of his life, tired of the job they do, tired of all of it. Can't do, can't live normal life. Can't have normal life. So he's just fucking done. He's ready to be out. Yeah, it's, it's real depressing. Yeah. Uh, and he's also
1: just like, this isn't about dad. Like this is like yeah, an overall so thing. Yeah. But I think, you know, this is also an interesting turning point too. It's just like, okay, well, this is different than the other things where it is like, I'm accepting right. this, but anyway. So- and, and I
0: think it did tie a little bit in which he didn't say was that, but it was, I think it's implied here. Is that like, yeah, I'm done because I, I'm not gonna do it alone like i'm kind of done anyways but i'm really done if i have to do it by myself I yeah think that was like the unspoken part but anyways so someone circles back and the doctor's like the doctor came back so somebody's back after they've been sitting there for a while and like hey i need you to come see something outside and they run outside and the town is fucking empty there's no one there at all very weird so the they go back just with- disappeared Town just Yeah. So they cut back to the, the lab, and Sam's blood is clean. He's not infected, and even the samples that she had checked previously from the Tanners are all fucking clean now. So there's no more sulfur, no more sign of virus in them, which is fucking weird. Also, like maybe
1: you didn't need to kill everybody.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Oops. <sighs> Oops. So Sarge and uh, Dwayne are gonna leave town together. Um, they're like, "Fuck this. We're out." There's no one in this town now. Anyways. Um, the doctor is going to go make a report in the next town over if they'll believe her. <laughs> is what she says. I'm like, nope, they're not going to believe you at all. This sounds insane. Um, and um, yeah, so they're you know, the brothers kind of talk about like why Sam was immune, where did everyone go? It's kind of like the questions that we are left with right now. So we cut to Sarge and Dwayne are driving, and Dwayne's like, hey, can you pull over? I need to make a call. And I'm like, mm, do phones work again? What the fuck's he doing? and then we see him pull out a little blade and he cuts sarge's knife or cut sarge's neck with his knife which is sad and fills his fucking blood bowl phone like Meg carries around the stupid fucking blood bowl phone and fills Well, technically it with- this this was a chalice.
1: And my theory is this is the chalice that went missing uh back on Roanoke that caused all
0: the okay. people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. yeah, like
1: so the chalice just has been like causing all these problems and it's just going through. That's my theory. But anyways, yeah. So he sticks in and then like collects all his blood.
0: Collects so all his blood. And I was just thinking, I'm like, that's like that that fucking blood bowl phone meg used but that's okay uh and um, he's he says basically like that he knew that sam would be immune and that there was no one left behind and his eyes turned black like the like demon possessed eyes okay
1: so a couple of things too like that i've been thinking about so beyond the where did you get the chalice from uh because i'm just like you just did you didn't have a backpack with you when you went into the doctor. Like, what the fuck? Like, where the fuck are you keeping the chalice? But more importantly, he says no one left behind. And the doctor was there. So was the doctor You're a right. part of this? Because she's like, the, you know, they're like, we want to make sure that he's infected. We want to make sure that he's immune.
0: Right. And
1: we had this doctor who could know, study you know, figure out where sulfur is in yeah. blood.
0: You're so right, I didn't I, think about that
1: yeah so i'm wondering if the doctor was part of it because he didn't kill her he said no one left behind so i was i theory is that the doctor was one
0: of them interesting hmm well we cut we cut from this scene to our final scene of the episode which is uh sam and dean they're on like the edge of a of a water way up a river of some kind drinking beer talking and and... the Tejas, beer, see book, just Tejas beer again yeah I think it's because and... Dean
1: was like I can't finish the six packs I so put it in the, the gym <sighs> and baby with them yeah. yeah
0: well and then Sam wants to know why what Dean meant about being just tired of everything and so Dean's trying to say look I, I want to go take a break I want a vacation um I, I i just I need to get away. Let's go to the Grand Canyon kind of a deal. And Sam just wants to know where no, no. To you just from. said
1: Grand Canyon kind of deal. You left off the part where he says, I want to go to Hollywood and try and bang Lindsay Lohan.
0: Oh yeah, he did <laughs> do that too. Which well, is a good minerals me tie in. <laughs> there we go. we go. There we go. Full we'll circle. circles. Circle
1: circles back. Yeah.
0: But yeah, you're right, you're right. And um, and Sam wants to know where this is all coming from. And then the part that makes you angry when you know this is a cliffhanger for a little mid-season break, but we don't have to wait because we are watching it on Netflix now. But Dean admits to Sam that he is keeping a secret from Sam that dad told him about Sam. So Dean's going to reveal the secret at some point. But not now. But not today.
1: So fuck you. That was pretty much just like, we're going to go on win a break, and I'm, I'm say they, they, they,
0: they have to tell you in the next episode, right? I mean, they have to tell you. Like, you don't have to give Donald on these, but they have to fucking tell you in the next episode, because otherwise it's just fucking irritating. I'm just saying. They have been
1: kind of irritating the last couple seasons on a lot of things. So remember but how like, long they stretched if out If I was stress-
0: Sam, and they were like, well, if I was Sam, and he was like, I don't know, a secret. Dad told me a secret about you, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck you then. I'm out. bra." Like I'm
1: going to beat you with my Tejas beer
0: and you know, but yeah, like fuck you then.
1: I mean, good, good on you, supernatural people, because this is a good way to end on a winter break and make sure people come back. But, man, y'all y'all push this. Like, you're really stretching this out. I'm like, oh, no, the last one. We're going to learn. No, we're not going to learn. You're going to learn. Not going to learn. And then, oh, Sam, you know, something's, something's happening. And it's it's so bad yeah. that I want to, like, kill myself. It's that right. bad. That's how bad it is. I can tell you. Yeah, it's
0: fucking mean. It, really it is. Mean. It pretty. It's pretty harsh. Pretty harsh, man. But yeah, that's yeah. what I got. That's where I'm at right now. And uh I didn't like the cliffhanger, but I don't have to wait through winter break at least because yeah, I'm watching
1: them, yeah, you, you'll find out next week. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you'll find out next week. Oh, I'll,
0: be so I don't know. I'll be so mad. Better be so mad. But if I don't find out in the next episode, it must be a badass episode. So I don't care
1: is just going to quit the podcast. I'm
0: going to find a new host. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, wanna, <laughs> if if you, if you, you want to audition. tell
0: Sam, at least tell me. Like, I want to know what the secret is. I mean, not, not you, Liz. Don't uh, tell me. I want the show to. I want the show to. Tell <laughs> I was gonna me. say, like, I can promise by
1: next week, I'll tell you. But, uh, damn it. Yeah. But also, I mean, so this was episode nine, uh, 22, 22 episodes in a season, about halfway through. Hmm. Yeah, i don't know i don't know what's going on of, but hey um, overall i think there are some things in this episode that i liked. some things i really had problems with one of which i did not like was how much they flipped dean to like the dark side like he went super dark side yeah. and in a very cruel way which i was not but is it
0: like of. but is it like the zombie protocol where like you just fucking if you know they're going to turn you have to kill them I mean, but he he didn't know. That is is the zombie protocol. Yeah, but what is he
1: basing his evidence on? Like there was like yeah, there was a couple of things that happened, but his sample set was pretty small. Two. That's fair. fair. He's on two people. He got shot at by the Bundy militia. He got attacked by you know Mrs. DJ Tanner's mom. But I guess that's what happened to Mrs. Tanner. Wait, by the way, Dwayne,
0: Dwayne, we don't know what Dwayne's middle name is. And And the brother's Jake. And the brother's Jake. Oh.
1: We go. exploded Whoa. we know we you know, guys, know, you know what D- happened
0: dj tanner and mr rogers motherfuckers
1: here we go yeah. but hey I mean, this also like fills in a lot of lore for full house now we know what happened to dj's mom like we never we, we just know she's dead they never, I don't know they say why how she died so well now we know she, she yeah, had some, some crazy zombie. she had
0: a crazy demonic virus out in fucking oregon
1: as days go by wait that's family matters it's not oh full house God. i don't know i know i probably know that theme song <laughs> somewhere.
0: Da, 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 da. i don't know oh
1: jesse oh, all right that's all that
0: matters <laughs> uh, oh my gosh all right that's we're gonna call it from there i
1: think, <laughs> I think at this point for everybody's sake we should just stop oh uh, all right cheers jerk cheers bitch Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap
0: Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a production meow
0: intro music arrangement and performance by Dave Cox Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco Meow